Meet Misty. Her journey started with a routine physical when she asked her doctor to do an ultrasound because she was 35, single, and concerned about her ability to have children. What that turned up was an endometriosis diagnosis followed by surgery with life-threatening complications that sent her into a brain fog and fatigue tailspin. Her doctor told her that the only remedies for her issues were drugs and more surgeries, that her labs were quote-unquote normal, and that she could Google her symptoms to learn more about what was happening to her body. Misty knew that was not the answer she was looking for and started to look for other ways to heal through natural means and finally started to feel better after making big changes, including going paleo. But a couple of years into her journey, she mysteriously gained 45 pounds onto her 5'2 frame, all while eating super clean and working out with a trainer. Her weight then stabilized for a few years, but then she began to gain weight again without a change to her diet or regimen. At that point, Misty embarked on the fight for her quality of life, enduring many more challenges on her road to healing, including debilitating brain fog, fatigue, hypothyroidism, and premature ovarian failure. When I met Misty, she has explored and conquered many of her ailments and was not only her own advocate, but an advocate for others going through similar health struggles. Stay tuned to hear more about what Misty did and how you can become your own advocate to find the missing pieces to solve your health mysteries. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know because that was me before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. We just heard about Misty. She's been through so much, but because she did not take no for an answer and kept searching and demanding the doctors listen to her, she started to really get to the bottom of her issues. To discuss Misty's case, what she did and what you can do when no one's listening or taking you seriously, is actually Misty herself. After enduring all of the health challenges you just heard about and finally finding resolutions to her issues, Misty founded HealingRosie.com to provide high-performing women with the resources and community to successfully confront unexpected chronic health issues that they often experience as they get into the 30s, 40s, and beyond. Misty, Welcome. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you because like me and so many others listening, you're someone that has dealt with a lot of health issues, but it is also what turned you onto the work that you do. Yes. So often we're told there's no answer to our problem, but that's because we probably just haven't found the right practitioner or perhaps are not looking in the right place and may not be working in synergy with our practitioners. Misty, why do you feel it's important for people to be their own health advocate? Because let's be honest, if we're seeing a practitioner and paying them, shouldn't we assume we're in good hands? Wow, I have so many things popping into my head, even hearing you ask that question. I mean, I think the obvious thing is, you know, as a woman, this is my life. And when I first started out in my journey, I was hearing things that a lot of women hear from their doctors as They start to feel um, different symptoms as they get older. I was hearing things like your labs are normal. Um, This was after I had my surgery and they removed an endometrial cyst along with my left ovary and spent two hours removing endometrial scar tissue from 
my abdomen stitched up part of my small intestine on the way out. So therefore I had to have a follow-up surgery. I mean, it was just crazy. The things that I, that I went through and all the symptoms that presented after that surgery and doctors were telling me that my labs were normal, that things were fine. They were basically implying without coming out and saying it to me that I was making it up in my head. And even with my own advocacy, pushing to, to see an endocrinologist, cause I was having brain fog and, um, issues around just total exhaustion and things that I knew, um, had to be hormone related. So I figured, you know, an endocrinologist, that's what I need. Um, she told me that my labs were normal. And, um, while she's telling me my labs are normal, she's looking at my neck kind of funny. And she came over and started feeling on my neck and said, I think you have thyroid nodules took me back ultrasound bingo thyroid nodules they're huge i need to explore having them surgically removed but my my labs are normal so you know i'm mutating and my quality of life is tanking and um and doctors are are basically telling me that it's in my head or that what i'm experiencing is just a normal part of aging so this is why we have to be our own health advocate because this, it's my life. You know, I don't, I don't want to accept that at, at the time I was 35, 36 years old. I don't want to accept that at 35, 36 years old, my body quits functioning. I can't think properly. I don't have energy. You know, I, a little uh, later in my journey, a couple of years in, I mysteriously gained 45 pounds from um, heavy metal toxicity. I didn't know it at the time. Uh, I had mercury fillings improperly removed from my teeth and I connected the dots on that last year, actually. But um, I didn't know it at the time. But, you know, I was telling my doctors I'm gaining this weight. And it's just kind of like, you know, people gain weight. <laughs> I mean, the whole the whole time, everything was just they attempted to normalize what I was experiencing and get me to just accept it rather than peeling back the layers and trying to figure out why I was experiencing these symptoms and maybe what we could do to eradicate the symptoms, you know? Right. Yeah. So we have to be our own health advocate because we are the person that's accompanying this body through our lifetime. Doctors will come and go. Um, practitioners with different ideas on what you're dealing with will come and go. And at the end of the day, you have to feel good about how you're managing your health and your quality of life. No one else is going to do that for you. Right. And that's the thing, because a lot of people think that if they're seeing a practitioner and, you know, perhaps even paying for it, some out of pocket, you know, we should assume that we're in good hands, right? But that's not necessarily the case. You really have to take your own health into your own hands. And, you know, like many of us, you've had many failed attempts with conventional medicine. But what I thought was very interesting about your story is that even when you started seeking out functional medicine approaches, you still felt like you weren't getting to the actual root. Right. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. So I was really, um, I guess you could say fortunate, like about four or five years into my journey, um, I finally was connected to a gynecologist who put me on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And that was really helpful. I lost about 15 pounds of that 45 pounds, uh, 15 or 20, um, just by going on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, which was great. You know, obviously I was happy about that, but I wasn't satisfied. I was still up 20 pounds, you know, 25 pounds, something like that. And so, um, so I wanted more. Now, the gynecologist that I was seeing was not a functional medicine doctor or practitioner, but she had studied women's hormones and was definitely an advocate on the bioidentical hormone front. So I kept looking. And when I moved to Austin, I started working with a functional medicine doctor and they were really great about not resisting all the labs that I wanted run. 
um, which is a very common thing that we'll experience when, as we start educating ourselves as women, we start to get a sense of what labs we need and we'll go to our doctors and ask for them and they will dig their heels in, refuse to run the labs. They'll tell us that our insurance isn't going to cover the labs. They don't have a medical reason to run the labs. I mean, it can be really frustrating. So, um, so I didn't deal with that with this, the functional medicine doctors, um, that I've seen, it's been a few that I've seen, you know, they'll run the labs and they're happy to do bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And they're even happy to support me in pushing my numbers in a couple of areas, not just, you know, barely getting over the hump, but I want to optimize this more. They'll be supportive of that. But I personally have never had a functional medicine doctor pull my labs and initiate a conversation with me about the deeper things that are going on in my body that they want to address. Now, I'm not saying all functional medicine doctors are like that, but that's been my experience with functional medicine doctors. They will pull the labs. Now, if I come to the doctor and I say, hey, I'm noticing that my that I have my Epstein-Barr antibodies are up all for all four tests and um, I'm per, I want to pursue a healing protocol around those. Or I went to uh, my doctor when I first was able to get my Epstein-Barr um, labs all ran properly. And I told her that I was working with someone to eradicate. And she was, her answer was like, you know, that's, that's really good. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of luck with Epstein-Barr. <laughs> um, so she was fine that I was pursuing the help, you know, but she didn't, she wasn't necessarily equipped with what to do about Epstein-Barr herself, even on the thyroid front, like I'll, I'll have all my thyroid labs run and they might write me a prescription for Cytomel or for natural desiccated thyroid, nature throid, or, you know, armor or whatever. Um, but I personally haven't experienced a functional medicine doctor really get into dosing and help me optimize my dose. I've had to do that on my own. Um, so I think it's a mistake to, assume that just because you're working with a functional medicine doctor, that you're working with someone who will get to the root cause. I've referred my friends to functional medicine doctors in their cities. And what a lot of functional medicine doctors will do is they'll listen to the symptoms you're presenting. They will look at your thyroid and your hormones. Oh, you, we need to get you on thyroid support and hormone replacement. And once they do those two things and you start feeling better, they're, they're happy that you're feeling better. They're not going underneath with you to say, why is her thyroid so screwed up in the first place, you know, and, and why are the hormones so off in the first place? So if you really want to optimize and get to the root cause, I passionately believe that you have to begin to educate yourself and you have to decide what your goals are going to be and what's important to you. And you have to enroll your doctors and practitioners into supporting you in achieving whatever these goals are. And in our community, in the Healing Rosie community, um, I actually encourage people to have two uh, team members, practitioners, one functional medicine doctor or nurse practitioner that's going to help them with thyroid and bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Because in my experience, it is crucial to get both of those areas kind of shored up. I'm using air quotes right now, shored up like um, you you don't want to try to heal your body with your thyroid and hormones off the rails. It, the, the load and the burden on your body is just insane. And I personally tried to do it. And it's like, it's just like my body was weighed down by so much that I just couldn't make progress, you know, or I definitely didn't make progress as quickly as I'd like. And even on BHRT and thyroid support, it's not as quick as I'd like, but it's terrible without it in my personal experience. So I think you want a doctor that's going to be supporting you 
on those things. And the more that doctor will go deeper with you and take the initiative around your case, the better. And then I think you want to have a good root cause practitioner. And a lot of times the root cause practitioners um, aren't people who can write prescriptions for you for Cytomel or progesterone or, you know, estrogen or whatever else you might need on the BHRT front. So I think you need both of these people. And that's certainly where I found the most luck. And I've talked to lots and lots and lots of women who, um, who have a similar experience, you know, the functional medicine doctor, so to speak, um, can help them with, um, some of the immediate symptoms they're experiencing, but you've got to work with different experts to go deeper. Here's another thing I found is that I can work with experts on certain issues and they're really good at eradicating them like Epstein-Barr, which I've experienced, but sometimes you need two or three different people because they all go deep with different things. So um, I have thyroid issues, but I also have some antibodies. Now I don't have enough to call me a Hashi's patient, but I certainly know how my labs are trending, right? So because of that, I reach out to L. Russ a lot. She has a book called Your Paleothyroid Solution. I love her. Um, her book really simplifies um, how you can go about advocating yourself if, for yourself if you have a thyroid issue and how to ascertain if you have a thyroid issue. Um, so she's excellent. I, she knows more about optimizing thyroid than the practitioner I'm working with on root cause and my functional medicine doctor. So. I've just experienced that for the different things that you're struggling with, sometimes you've got to go to people who really understand those issues at a deeper level. Um, and it's challenging, you know, it's challenging for all of us as women who are really working on advocating um, this dimension, you know, um, on this, this side of the fence. But um, I, I believe strongly that just having a functional medicine doctor is not enough. Um, there are some good ones out there, but, you know, for the most part, for the most part, you really need to have a bigger team than that. And I'm so glad you're saying that because I think that so many people listening to this may also feel like they could have been failed by conventional medicine. They go the more functional route, which is fantastic, but they're experiencing what you were experiencing. And so it's great to hear that, yes, you want to have your functional medicine doctor, but also have a request practitioner like a clinical nutritionist or you know someone that can really dig into some of the testing and get to the root. And sometimes you may need several and it's good to have maybe one, two, three, maybe even four people on your team. And depending on what's going on, you know, consult with each of them. Now, Misty, you created a list of health goals for everyone to consider when they see a new practitioner. Why do you feel that that's important? And what are some of these goals? Well, I, I really like the health goals approach because I, when I started advocating for myself with my doctor, the way that I started it initially was I learned what labs to run that were considered the optimizing labs. And I would take my labs into the doctor and I would point out things in my labs that, that didn't look right or optimal. And I got a lot of resistance from my doctor over that. Um, it seemed to me that it was a lot easier to enroll a doctor in helping me optimize when I was sharing symptoms and goals. If I told my doctor that, you know, um, I, I have a weight issue, which I've had, my weight has been an issue for the, especially the last eight years, um, for a variety of reasons. Um, I, I want to have an, I want to have a normalized, steady, healthy weight where my BMI is under 30, right? 
Well, that's a completely reasonable goal for you to go to your doctor and say, I need you to support me in this. And it tends to open them up to looking at your labs and your symptoms through that lens and being more interested in um, providing the support as you start pointing out things maybe in your labs that you want to see different. So, um, so it just seemed to work a lot better. It also helped me to focus, you know, like it's really easy to go to crazy town when you're looking at labs and, you know, is my goal to have every lab marker perfect, you know, um, when you, when you know what the functional lab ranges are and you're looking at your labs, you can just so easily lose perspective. The truth is if you're normalizing key areas of your life um, and you're experiencing um, really good health in certain areas, then you you can relax, take your foot off the gas a little bit. You know, the, the symptoms that you're experiencing and your quality of life really is the most important thing that should drive your health goals, not perfecting your lab panel. You know, that's a great so point. It just seemed to work better. It just seemed to work better. So. So what are those goals? So I've identified 10. Now, what I when I present these goals, what I typically say is, you know, listen to these and try them on for yourself. These goals are not I'm not suggesting these should be everyone's goals. Um, and I'm not suggesting that this is a comprehensive list. Uh, the purpose of these 10 health goals is to kind of orient um, your listeners to what a health goal might look like and give them the opportunity to look within and see what they might care about and identify as a health goal. Um, if you go to your doctor and you present your health goals and they do not enroll in supporting you, that is your tell that you've got to keep looking. They're not your doctor or practitioner. And there's a real temptation. And I see this in our community. Women will come back over and over having challenges with their doctors, right? They can't, they're asking their doctors to run certain labs to test their thyroid, for example, and then they get the labs back and they can see that the, T, the free T3 is below 3.0 and they've also got the accompanying low energy symptoms or weight issues or brain fog or, you know, all the myriad of symptoms that go with having a low thyroid and their doctors just constantly are digging their heels in on actually helping them to do something about it. And a lot of times what our tendency is to do is like, how do I convince my doctor? You know, how do I convince my doctor to help? And these women will come into our community, into the Facebook group, which is really robust. And they'll, they'll ask for tips on what can I, what can I share with my doctor to convince them to help? And the fact of the matter is, is you, you can't convince your doctor if they're not interested and they're not open-minded in a way that is going to allow them to come alongside your goals and support you, then you have to find another doctor. And that can feel really frustrating and demoralizing. Like, I don't want to accept that because maybe you don't know where else to look, right? You don't have another doctor on the line that you can reach out to or call, or you know that, my gosh, if I have to go find another doctor, it's going to take me two or three months for that first appointment. And then I have to go get my labs done. And then I have to get a follow-up appointment. And you're looking at four to six months. I mean, I know I've been on this down this road. I know what it's like before you're going to, you know, have the opportunity to work with another doctor. So what I recommend people do is to have an initial consult with the doctor before you and you start investing in all of those other things, all that time and energy, and just see if they're open to supporting your health goals and they're open to some of the treatments that you care about. So 10 health goals that I've identified are number one, regular, normal, pain-free periods. This means that 
you aren't overly witchy during your period, moody, irritable, cranky. Um, you aren't experiencing um, cramping, especially debilitating cramping. Um, you're not experiencing heavy fatigue around your period where you just need to sleep all the time. Um, some women um, get their period and it's like their brains just quit working. They, they're overcome by brain fog, you know, like this, all these accompanying symptoms. And in our culture, we normalize that, right? It's just like, oh, it's well that time of the month. This is just what women experience. And that was definitely my story. I had endometriosis and didn't know it for, you know, 20 years before my surgery. And um, and I had the worst cramps ever. I was popping three to four ibuprofen every three to four hours. Um, I was sleeping on a heating pad. Um, I had really, really heavy periods. We're talking, I would fill a super plus tampon in one, one or two hours. Wow. Like it was, my flow was just insane. Right. But I had no idea this wasn't normal. Um, I had a lot of girlfriends that have these symptoms. So just letting you know that if you're experiencing those things, that's not normal. It's not how your body is designed to function and you have a right to regular normal pain-free periods. A uh, second one is no migraines or headaches. Um, I have certainly gone through seasons where I've dealt with migraines. That hasn't been a chronic thing for me, fortunately, or even dealt with headaches. But I know lots of women who struggle with migraines and headaches. And for them, it's normal. And it's like, what do you have to do to deal with migraines and headaches? They get put on these crazy prescription drugs. Oftentimes they don't work and have a lot of side effects. If you're experiencing a lot of migraines and headaches, something is off in your body. And you really need to find someone who is going to enroll in supporting you in figuring it out. For a lot of women, migraines are tied to their, their hormones. Um, but that's not the only thing that can be creating migraines. You know, some women actually have pituitary or hypothalamus issues that need to be addressed. You know, other women have sleep issues that need to be addressed. I mean, we could probably go on and on and on when it comes to migraines and headaches. Um, but there, it's definitely not normal. And that can definitely be a health goal for you that you want to eliminate those. Number three is their weight is managed easily under 30% body fat. Um, the reason why I put under 30% body fat is because the whole weight issue for women is like touchy, it's dynamite, it's controversial, it's polarizing. <laughs> I mean, you have some women who, when you even suggest that a woman should have as a health goal, that her weight is in, at a, in a certain range or at a certain number on the scale, right? There's just this backlash of like, you know, we're, we, we need to love our bodies no matter what, which of course, 100%, I agree. And we know the literature is very clear that our BMI is directly connected to our mortality. So wanting your body to be healthy, wanting to be under 30% body fat as a woman is a completely realistic goal. And just like it's not okay to shame a woman for her size, it's not okay to shame a woman because she wants to be a smaller size, especially when that smaller size is bringing her underneath underneath obesity markers that are very clearly tied to long-term health and mortality issues. So I want my weight to be managed easily. And I wish I could tell you that I actually have this one figured out. Um, I was doing awesome last year with my weight and um, I was on bioidentical um, bio-T, um, which is the hormone pellets. And around November, I went in to have my labs done. I had been six months since a bio-T treatment and my 
markers were still really high and I was having a lot of periods. So I talked to my doctor about this and we agreed that I would let all the bio T exit my system, which is a bummer, right? Because that means all the testosterone and estrogen is going to drain out and all of those symptoms are going to present again. Um, but I, the numbers were so high for so much longer than they were supposed to be. Like I was told that, you know, every three to four months, the bio T runs out, but here had been six months, right? And my numbers are still really high and I'm having periods every, my periods were sometimes six or seven days apart. I mean, I, it was just like an onslaught of periods last year. Mm-hmm. And the previous year I had three or four, I had four periods the entire year um, in 2017. And last year I probably had 12 or 14 periods and they kicked in around May. So it was in seven months. But anyway, um, once as the estrogen and testosterone left my system, it reactivated Epstein-Barr. So now I'm dealing with, and I got labs done again. I've been doing labs pretty consistently because we're trying to um, handle this hormone thing. So the hormones have drained out. It reactivated Epstein-Barr, um, which also kicked up reverse T3 for me, which means I've got thyroid issues again. And I have to go from natural desiccated thyroid leaning further over into Cytomel because um, I obviously don't want the T4 to be converting to reverse T3. And for everyone listening, I just wanted to mention, and not everyone may be familiar with Epstein-Barr, we actually have another episode coming up specifically on Epstein-Barr and then more episodes on the immune system and the hormone relation and thyroid. So you guys can learn a lot more about some of the details that Misty's mentioning here. Yeah. Yeah. Epstein-Barr, it affects a lot of women. Over 90% of us are infected. And in my community, I've really kind of sounded the alarm on Epstein-Barr and I have, we have had dozens and dozens of women go out and get tested. And so many of them are coming back like, oh my gosh, this is what it is for me. I had one woman post in our group um, that she's been sick for 20 years. And for the last 10 years, she's been working with a functional medicine doctor and that doctor never even ran Epstein-Barr. And she ran the Epstein-Barr test and she, all, all four tests were high. So, you know, she's kind of dialing into the thing that's been creating a lot of fatigue for for her and really robbing her of her quality of life. And um, this is this is why in certain cases I'm a fan of testing. Testing is really controversial in our space. Some of our leaders are really protesting some of pro. Yeah, protesting, <laughs> not protesting, but pro. <laughs> and some of them are some of them are not so much into testing. Right. So um, but as a as a woman, I am a big advocate, especially of the serum tests because they just orient you to what's going on in your body and give you some clues on what you need to be working on. So anyway, so Epstein bars reactivated and I'm probably up 10 pounds and it's really frustrating. And, you know, I'm, even though I've made tons of progress and even my, like, I'm frustrated, you know, my energy is still pretty good, honestly. And I'm still sleeping, um, pretty well. I do wake up in the night more than normal. Um, but I'm able to go right back to sleep. Like, my body is definitely in a much healthier place, but still, you know, when you have all this momentum around your healing, it's frustrating for those things to happen. Of course. Um, but you know, I'm committed to my, I'm committed to my goals and my practitioners, um, and doctor are committed to working with me, um, around my goals. So number four, um, is your brain isn't foggy and forgetful. It's sharp and focused with great recall. I just got a text from my little sister last week, like, what do I do? when I can't remember anything. <laughs> this is, it's a real thing. It, happens, it is very you know? much a real and thing. Yes. You definitely have a right to have a brain that functions really, really well. It, it, it's totally reasonable for you to want your brain to function like it did in your twenties, you know, or at the prime of your life. 
Number five, your energy is strong. You can get through the day with energy for work, kids, your partner, and household responsibilities. And the reason why I actually define those things is because what a lot of women experience, and we talk about it a lot in the group, is that you've got energy for one or two or three of those things, but you don't have energy for all of it. And what ends up happening is you ultimately don't have energy for yourself, right? Because as women, it's our nature to take care of our kids and to take care of our husband and take care of our responsibilities at work and to take care of household responsibilities, but there's nothing left for ourselves, you know? So it is absolutely okay for you to want to have energy to dedicate to, to each of those areas of your life that matter to you. Number six, your sleep is great. You fall asleep between 9 and 10 p.m., sleep through the night without waking, and awaken refreshed at sunrise. Um, and I didn't even know that was a thing, refreshed at sunrise, until I really started getting into a lot of this. I would wake up feeling like I'd been hit by a Mack truck. And I thought that was normal because I had just been sleeping. <laughs> that was the story in my Oh my, my gosh, I've been there too. I totally hear you. Yes. And you just don't realize. So I'm so glad you put that as all of that detail in that health goal because it is possible and people can get there. It's a great one. You totally can get there. You totally can get there. Um, number seven is fit and strong, able to handle functional activities on par with the lifestyle you want to live. Everyone is different in what they think fit and strong is for them. You know, some people just want to be able to go on walks with their kids and, you know, throw a baseball at the park. And some people want to be able to go hiking and skydiving and, you know, live this super active lifestyle and continue to do their races or continue to do you know, whatever sport they're, they care about. My partner loves snowboarding, you know? So whatever it is for you, there's no rules about that. I'm not going to tell anyone that they need to have their fitness at a certain level, but whatever that is for you, you should make a stand for having that level of fitness and it's completely okay for you to want it. Um, number eight, good gastric functioning with healthy, regular stools and little to no tummy upset, gas, diarrhea, constipation, food sensitivities, et cetera. And the reason why those are all listed is similar to sleep because a lot of times we've had gastric issues our entire life and we think that's normal. And perhaps people in our family have those issues. And so it's just normal for us. The truth is, is that if we've got a really healthy gut, stomach, gastric functioning, um, we're going to have regular stools without all of those extra symptoms that come along with them. Number nine, this is one that's a little touchy and tricky, but um, it's really important and it gets quite a bit of airtime in our community. It is healthy libido and pain-free sex. There's so many hangups in our culture around what it's okay, what is okay for women to desire when it comes to sex. A lot of women feel that as long as their partner is happy, it's okay. There's women that feel that um my libido isn't what I, it used to be. Um, but you know, my, the main purpose of my libido is for pleasure and it's really not that important, you know? And I would say, turn that all around a healthy libido is first of all, um, a sign of overall great health and having a healthy libido and pain-free sex is really important to our, our well-being as women. Um, having a good sex life is so good for our biochemistry. It's so good for stress relief. I mean, it just does so much for us. Good for serotonin and, you know, all of the feel good hormones that we really need. 
Um, it's very, very nurturing to us at a deep level. And it's one of those things that the healthier your sex life is, the healthier your entire body is. It's all really connected together. So it's absolutely okay for you to want that. And not just for pleasure, although I completely support any woman who wants to have a healthy libido just for the pleasure. It's a healthy libido is important to your health overall. That's a really good point. Yes. Pain-free sex too. Um, I had Susan Bratton on um, in the Healing Rosie Facebook group. And she talked about an experience she went through with her husband where, um, where having sex for her was like glass in her vagina. You know, it's as we get older and especially as we start experiencing our hormones waning, um, a lot of changes happen to our vaginal tissues and it thins out. And for a lot of women, it makes sex really, really painful. And there's so many options, so many things that you can do to support pain-free sex, to support your body in healing if you've had a thinning of those tissues, um, and also to rejuvenate and restore um, the elasticity and the muscles um, in your vagina. It's all really important and it matters to our overall health. And then of course, number 10, able to conceive. Um, there's lots of women who are getting into their 30s and even into their 40s who um, finally have found the partner that they want to create a family with. And they're finding out that they aren't able to conceive, that their bodies have a hard time conceiving. Many women even go the route of artificial insemination and still have trouble conceiving. And we know that for a lot of these women, it's just because their bodies are so toxic and our hormones have really suffered. And you can absolutely right that ship. You can restore your fertility by doing the right things um, to manage your own health. And if you're working with the right practitioner, they will be able to support you on that journey. And there's lots of things, of course, that we can learn on our own. So those are the 10 health goals, 10 things that um, that every woman should just kind of try on for herself and, and, you know, consider, is this something that I care about? Is this one of my goals? Is this something that's going to give me the quality of life that I want in order to show up and give my very best to the world as I'm getting older? And if it is, make sure that you're enrolling your doctors and practitioners in helping you to achieve these goals. Yeah, that's just great advice. Now, Misty, functional medicine can really be wonderful at getting to the root and working with the whole body, but oftentimes it's not covered by insurance, so it can be expensive. And one of the things that you recommend is to do some of the work on your own in addition to working with a practitioner so that you can really use your medical dollars wisely, so to speak. Can you tell us a little bit about what you mean and what people can do right now on their own to help use their medical dollars more wisely? Yeah, well, you know, if if your listeners have been on this journey any length of time, I'm sure they can relate to how expensive it can feel, you know, not only just for lab work, you know, sometimes labs are covered by insurance, sometimes they're not working with a functional medicine doctor, sometimes it's covered by insurance, sometimes it's not more often not some people can go out of network, some people have no options, um, they have to pay 100% out of pocket on that. And, you know, if you're working with a functional medicine doctor who really takes functional medicine seriously, they're going to sit down with you in that initial session and they're going to talk to you for a couple of hours. And when you go in to see them, it's not going to be the typical 15 or 30 minute session. They're going to be spending more time. And I found that even though I have discretionary resources, like the amount of discretionary resources I could spend to try to get well is really astronomical. So early on, um, I had to start getting savvy about how I spent my dollars and I no, I'm not alone in this. And no matter how much money you have, you probably haven't allocated 
all of that money to your health goals. And, and it can seem unrealistic, you know, to be spending, you know, lots and lots and lots of money on getting well. So the things that I've done and a lot of uh, women in our community have done, I mean, I learn from these women all the time. They're learning from me. We're really kind of co-creating this journey together is um, it's really important that you are running your labs and you want to work with a company that, or you want to work with your doctor to get your labs done and you want to do your best to have your insurance pay for those labs. Um, a lot of that has to do with coding. So one of the things that you can do when, when you want certain labs done is you can actually call your insurance company and say, and tell them, Hey, my doctor wants me to run this lab, this lab, this lab. And, um, and I want to make sure that this is going to be covered. How would these labs need to be coded? You can actually just ask and they will tell you, well, if we're not going to cover that unless it's coded this way. And that's really good information. So you can go back to your doctor and instead of expecting your doctor to figure all of that out, which many times they won't, they don't have the staff to do that. You go in with them and here's my lab list. Here's the CPT codes and here's the ICD-10 codes that need to be applied to um, this prescription, this lab prescription in order for it to be covered by insurance. So that's one tip is, you know, really orienting yourself to what labs you need and figuring out how to get that covered by insurance on your own so that you, um, no matter who your doctor is, you know, that that'll be supported. Another thing is we pretty much fundamentally know that um, at, this, at the root of almost everything we're dealing with as women, I would say it's probably 80 to 90% um, is gut issues and healing your gut is definitely a journey and expecting a doctor to kind of own that journey for you is going to be very expensive. And if you, um, if you want to take that on yourself and then get the, get your doctor's support as you need it, you're going to save money for sure. So a book that I love that we talk about a lot in our community is healthy gut, healthy you. Um, very, very good book by uh, Dr. Mike Ruscio. And this book is one that actually many practitioners in our space even study and use as a resource guide to help them in treating their patients. So he has a great and eight plan toward the end of the book um, that basically outlines his protocol that starts on page like 270, 250, somewhere in there. Um, but the whole first part of the book is taking every bit of that protocol, showing you all the research behind it, and then how you troubleshoot if you're having issues in that area. So it's an excellent resource. And there's many women in our community who have taken that book, made the dietary changes they need to make. They've gone into their doctors. All right, I've done a, B, and C, I'm getting to a point where I'm experiencing these symptoms. According to the research, it looks like that might be SIBO. How about we do a test? You know, the doctor supports them in getting the test. It comes back positive or negative. If it's positive, then pretty much in the book, he outlines what you can do about that. And you can enroll your doctor's help for it. If you need a prescription at that point, your doctor can help you. Um, but you're going to have a lot more success if you take that challenge on your own. So that's a really big one. Um, another thing that comes up a lot is for women is issues around our thyroid. Um, lots and lots and lots of women are, are hypothyroid and, and there's some women that are hyper, you know, um, finding a doctor that really understands how to treat thyroid, even a functional medicine doctor is, is rare. And there's even some functional medicine doctors that still adhere to that old, like 1960s, um, you just test TSH and optimize TSH, you know, instead of really going into 
to look at free T3, free T4, and reverse T3 to see what's going on with your thyroid. So I really love L. Russ's book, Your Paleothyroid Solution. Isabel Wentz has some good books um, around thyroid, especially if you have Hashi's. Um, uh, Stop the Thyroid Madness is an excellent website. Um, I kind of use L's book and Stop the, Stop the Thyroid Madness to really help me with my own thyroid issues. So I'm hypo um, and I've had to optimize. But, you know, I when I first found out that I was hypo, and went and studied these resources, I realized that I needed to test um, selenium and ferritin and four different, basically four different iron, iron labs so that I could really see what was happening in my body. And I didn't wait or expect my doctor to figure all of that out for me and to go that deep in helping me optimize. I just went in and asked for what I wanted and definitely got the support that I needed. But it's because I engaged around your paleothyroid solution and stopped the thyroid madness and got a lot of guidance and support from those resources. So doing things like that can really make a huge difference when you decide you're going to step into the driver's seat instead of expecting your doctor to figure everything out. Um, you will find that you're able to navigate quite a bit of this journey on your own, and then you can enlist the support of doctors to help you. So that's worked really well for me and it's saved me lots of money. It doesn't mean I'm not spending money. I am, but I'm able to take my dollars and spend them on treatments that I probably wouldn't otherwise be able to afford. You know, um, one of the things that I just did, and I've actually been uh, posting about it in our community is I just went down to Tijuana and had my teeth checked out. Um, there is a dental clinic there called American Biodental. We know that mouth issues affect so much of what's going on in our bodies. There is a direct connection between your mouth health and your gut health. Those two things are tied together. Al Dannenberg uh, is a periodontist in our space who has lots of excellent information about this on his blog. Um, but I had a root canal in 2014 that I was concerned um, there might be issues with, and I don't know because that tooth is dead. So I went down to Tijuana. They checked everything out. They ended up extracting that root canal tooth because it was really infected. Uh, there was a tooth behind it that had just a touch of infection at the root that has not been it's still a healthy tooth that has not had a root canal done to it. And they wanted to extract that tooth, but I didn't let them. Um, and this is just an example of when you're really educated, you know, you can take the advice of people and still make decisions that are aligned with your gut. Instead, I'm going to explore ozone therapy um, to try to deal with that infection so I can actually keep that tooth. But they checked cavitations while I was there. They extracted um, that root canal tooth and um, they did about probably $4,000 worth of dental work for $745. Wow. So, Misty, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really awesome to kind of orient yourself and, um, and learn what resources are out there so you can really stretch your dollars. So, you know, there's lots of things like that. We could probably do two or three shows just on all the different ways that you can hack this. Um, but those are the kind of things that are really important. Like, you know, you want to explore and orient yourself to the resources that are out there and put yourself in the driver's seat of this journey so that you can be wise with those dollars. Yeah. And we will absolutely have you back, Misty, to talk about this because this is so important to talk about some of these other things that we can do. And I just wanted to mention with some of the dental stuff you were talking about for everyone listening, Misty's absolutely right. What happens in your mouth is so important and affects everything else in your body because your mouth really is like the entrance to your 
digestive system. And um, we have a couple of shows coming up actually on the connection between dental health and gut health and your whole body health. So you guys can learn much more about what Misty's talking about there. Um, Misty, thank you so much for being here and for the work that you do. You really don't take no for an answer when it comes to health and healing. Um, and you help others do the same. The answers are out there. And I'm so glad that you're there in the trenches, empowering people to find them. Misty, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. As we just heard, complicated problems are not impossible to solve. And while Misty suffered with multiple health issues, she was able to take control of her health by really digging in and uncovering the root causes of each issue, one issue at a time. For more information about Misty Williams and her support community Healing Rosie, please visit healthmysterysolve.com and go to episode number 13. There you'll find everything we discussed and all the resources Misty mentioned in the interview. Remember that you are in control of your life. No matter how off things may seem, don't let anyone tell you that there's nothing you can do. For most cases, there are going to be solutions and there are people that can help. You just have to look in the right place. My hope is that this episode inspires you to take action, read more about the possible causes, and look for a practitioner that's going to be aligned with your health goals. If you know someone with multiple symptoms, please share this episode with them and make sure you subscribe to this podcast because the next health mystery I uncover could be one you or someone you love is dealing with right now. When it comes to health mysteries, don't give up. The answers are out there and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week on Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.